Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. For all your news on hockey, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, and more, you've come to the right place. And now, it's time for your hosts, Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji. That's right, folks. We are back once again. Nick McVicker in studio for episode number 65 since the relaunch. Boys, we are slowly sneaking up to that 100th episode overall, which is I still can't believe. I'm, I'm still impressed with us. Joined through the Garage Door Sports Cup phone by my two great co-hosts, Kyle Vardy and Irfan Manji. Kyle, how are you doing this morning, man? Doing good. Um Going back to work in a couple of days, so I'm not really exactly excited about that, but, you know, I'm good for now. That's good. That's good. Start off the new year in a good mood. That's always what we want to hear. Exactly. Erfan, how are you doing, buddy? Good. Um, home for the holidays, and I've chosen not to do any work for the next couple of days, so we'll see how long I can hold off without doing any studying. <laughs> Thinking ahead. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. I, last holiday, I sat the whole holiday working through school stuff and work work. And I'm like, no, I don't want to have that next year. So we're going to avoid anything worth working for. I, re- I remember that last year you were so stressed last year. I was trying to hang out with you and you're like, I can't, I got work to do. Yeah. I had to go through 3,800 articles last year. So we're not doing that this year. That's gross. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing that. Wow. This year wow. I brought it down to 300 and I'm like, I'm still not touching it. So we're good. <laughs> Wow, that's that shows you what goes into a uh, a master's degree, folks. Right there, <laughs> thirty eight hundred yeah, articles over holiday break. It's about two hundred ninety nine more than I would do this year. So that's yeah, that's about uh, thirty eight hundred more than I would have done this year. So. <laughs> no, he said it was three hundred this year. That's why I said it's two hundred ninety nine more. Oh yeah, he just read. One. That's fine. Yeah. Fair. I still don't think I would read one, but. <laughs> Let's refocus, boys. Let's get into the sports conversation because there is there is a lot going on right now. World Juniors is happening. NBA is in the middle of its now third week, I guess. And the NHL is coming back, not this week, but next week. Uh, but I want to start off with NFL in our kickoff segment, sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. Calling all kickers and punters in the Southern Ontario region. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferraro brothers, Daniel and Gabe, are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years. If you want to take your special teams game to the next level, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. You can follow them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com and don't forget to follow them on Instagram at CanadaKickingAcademy. And today, boys, we are going in to the final week of the NFL, week 17. And there's a lot on the line in both conferences at the moment. Multiple playoff spots are still up for grabs. I want to focus on the AFC to start. We'll get to the NFC. But the AFC, there are five teams currently sitting at 10-5. and five. And there's a chance that we have an 11-5 and five team mm-hmm. not make the playoffs. 
That sounds absurd in my head, just saying that out loud. An 11-win team not making the playoffs. But it's been entertaining to watch. Every single one of these teams has played good games throughout the season. We've all bet on them. We've assumed that they were going to win games. They've lost games that they probably shouldn't. <laughs> Baltimore. But it's it's been entertaining to watch. And going into the playoffs, I wouldn't really want to come up with against any of these AFC teams regardless of what place you're in, the Bills, the Chiefs, first and second, I'm still not 100% confident going up against any 11-win team going into a one-game knockout elimination uh, tournament. What, what are your thoughts, Kyle? Yeah, to be honest, the only team I, I really wouldn't be scared of, in, in my opinion, at least right now, is the Miami Dolphins. That's that's just my thing. I don't know how Tua is going to play in the playoffs. Um, the reason why the Dolphins are still in the position they are right now is they've gone to their emergency backup. They've gone to Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's actually kept them in games at the end of the game. Yep. Tua plays three quarters, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick brings the team back and actually has them win the game. So it's it's interesting, that aspect. I, I don't know if I'm worried about them. Their run game is okay. It's not nothing special. Miles um, Gaskin's been up and down. He's been injured. He's been off. He's been, I think he had COVID for a bit, too. He's been he's been up and down, and and honestly, the biggest test is is going to be see how two actually plays in playoff football. Rather than that, they're not going to be at home. Um, they will potentially be, um, I think either they might be in ten. Uh, no, the top seed. Yeah, so they might be either in Tennessee or Indianapolis. So you're going to go up against two tough teams if you're if they're going to make the playoffs potentially. So. Um, that's the only team I wouldn't be worried about. The Ravens, I, I am worried about. Uh, as long as Lamar can start throwing the ball, we know their run game is going to be their run game, um, and that defense is going to be scary in the playoffs. It's going to be definitely interesting for that. Um, Browns obviously had a huge letdown last week, but they were missing three wide receivers, so it's kind of a one of those, I understand, but still should have won the game. Um, but obviously we know they're two-headed monster in the backfield there. So as long as Baker doesn't turn the ball over, they have a great chance of winning that game. Uh, and the Colts, the Colts potentially could be a division winner at the end of the, at the end of this week, right? The, the, that division is still up for grabs with the Titans. So it's th- those, those two teams is going to be head to head. And and if there is an 11 team, 11 win team that loses and that loses out on the playoffs, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. That's for sure. Yeah, it's, it's just a surprise, I think, more than anything at this point. Um, Irfan, what are your thoughts so far on the uh, NFL season, that is? Well, I mean, I think I appreciate the fact that there's multiple teams vying for a playoff position. Um, I like how the competitiveness is there. Like, it's not just, you know, one team's going to run away with it the way, I guess, the Chiefs have sort of just walked away with their division. But, like, you, you come to appreciate the fact that the AFC North is a bit open, um, the FC South is a bit open, the NFC is open. So I think it sucks if a team that has an 11 and five record doesn't make it to the playoffs. But at the same time, I like the fact that the teams are actually playing and not tanking um, cough, cough, jets, giants. Um, but you know what I mean? Like it, it's hold it's, on. The giants weren't trying to tank. They just are not a good football team. The jets were, <laughs> <laughs> the jets but, were, and they, they, they screwed it tanking too like, like, <laughs> they suck at tanking um but you know what i mean like it's it's multiple teams that are playing well and it's just it, it, it they're not tanking and i appreciate that aspect of it as a fan and mm-hmm. um 
like yeah tomorrow or whatever the, the next set of games are there, there's so many different implications like i'm reading them now it's like if this happens this happens this happens this happens and like i don't think we've had that in a while where it's just like there's multiple teams vying for a position so I, I think that's the part that i appreciate of this season and we've had a weird ass season this year in all sports so um the competitiveness is appreciated yeah i'm gonna hark back to what something Kyle just said about the Miami Dolphins. And I, I get what you're saying. Their offense really isn't anything to be feared, I would say, at the moment. Mm-hmm. You realize they've given up the fewest amount of points in the league this season as a defense. They've only oh, given up yeah. 282. It's kind of impressive. No, like their, their defense has played well, for sure. But in my opinion, I don't know if their offense is sufficient enough to... No, it was know, just something I wanted to, to add on to your point. Like, oh, yeah, it's, for sure, it's kind for of sure. like... If you're going into a one-game elimination, that's something you got to be aware of is that they Mm. don't give up points, so you're going to have to claw and fight for every single drive just to try to put up enough points to beat them. I don't think their offense are going to put up more than 17 points if Tua's at the helm in any game, but that means you just got to get to 20. That's not that bad. Most most playoff teams can do that. Um, You'd hope. So as it stands right now in the AFC, if – all five teams win, which is, as we mentioned, very possible because none of them play each other. Mm-hmm. The Titans would get the number four seed in the conference, and mm-hmm. they would go up against Miami in the first round. Baltimore would get number six, and they would play the other AFC North team in the Steelers. And then the Browns, the third AFC North team to make the playoffs, which I don't think any of us expected three teams from that division to make the playoffs they will go up against the number two seeded Buffalo Bills. There are some juicy matchups there. Like mm-hmm. uh, the Dolphins Titans one was probably the worst out of the three, but there's a lot you could say Derek Henry going up against the stingiest defense uh, points wise in the NFL. That could be fun. Mm-hmm. But then you look at the other two games, you get the Steelers Ravens and you get the Bills and the Browns. Irfan, which of those matchups are you? Would you really want to see Steelers and Ravens? I mean, out of the three that you just mentioned, I think those two, that one specifically, would be great because the Steelers have been good to start the season. The last couple of games, not so great, and then the Ravens have been pretty balanced all year. So I think uh, it'd be interesting to see how the Steelers can play in the playoffs, and I'm sure they'll be fine. But um, the last couple of weeks, they've kind of sucked a little. They haven't been able to really convincingly win so i think uh the ravens are a little bit hotter than the sealers so i think that'll be a fun game kyle your thoughts my man yeah um obviously sealers ravens huge upset potential there with the Steelers not playing up to their potential i guess is what we could say um and and the ravens coming in hot for sure uh the other one i'm interested in obviously is the bills browns that to me that sounds um also like a, a potential upset uh the bills have been obviously in my opinion, the, the second best team in the AFC, obviously, which is kind of given seeing who's in the second place, but um, it's logic. But they've been, it's not even close between second and third. It's not even close. No. Bills are way better than the Steelers right now. Despite, despite the records being the same. Exactly. And, but the only downfall for the Bills is their run defense sucks. So that's where I think the Browns could come in, potentially run the ball down their throat. And, and not give Josh Allen and a high-powered offense an opportunity to go and score points. Um, that that Bills offense is kind of the, one of the quick strike offenses where they can literally bomb the bomb the ball down the field for seventy-five yards and, and score a touchdown in about ten seconds. 
or they can run the ball, uh, dip and dunk and all that kind of stuff and, and score that way. But um, if the Browns control the clock, there's definitely upset potential there. Fair enough. I really like that Bills-Browns game. I think that'll be a really fun one. Um, both offenses have been playing well throughout the season, so it'll be interesting to see how the defense is kind of counteract as Kyle just said Mm -hmm. one question I have left in the AFC boys and this is a big one how close are the Bills to the Chiefs in the conference like everyone there's been talk that the Bills might actually be the best team in the conference the Chiefs have the best player in Mahomes Um, if we're talking right now and looking at the two teams as they are we're I know the Chiefs are missing a couple players who opted out like uh, Duvernay Tardif from Canada we we obviously going to mention him but they're missing a few players from the last year's Super Bowl team. Are the Bills close? Like, is it is it a lot closer than people would have assumed before the season started? Uh, Kyle, you're looking really confused, so I'm going to go to you first. <laughs> um, they're close, but not that close, I don't think. Like, I think um, if the Bills were to beat the Chiefs, would it be an upset? Yes, but would it be a surprise? No, I don't okay. think it would. Um but I think at the same point, if the Chiefs were to blow out the Bills, it'd be one of those, well, they're the better team. So it's like, it's kind of one of those like catch-22s, I guess, is really what it is. It's the, the Bills are a good enough team to beat the Chiefs, but the Chiefs are also a good enough team to blow out the Bills. So it's it's kind of one of those 50-50 coin flips. So that puts that puts them like right there, though. Like if we're saying 100%. either team could win the game, that puts them right there with the Chiefs, right, Irfan? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it can, but I think Kyle's right on the point that any any of the results are correct. I think we wouldn't be surprised if the Bills come out to win, and we wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs win as well, right? Like, um, that that that's true. I think it, it's a testament to how far the Bills have come over the last couple of years and actually dominating their division and, you know, being that second-best team in the AFC or maybe 1B in the AFC, right? Um, uh I still think the Chiefs are overall a better team. I think come playoff time, they're a better team. But um, if the Bills can figure it out, um, which they haven't in the playoffs the last 20-odd years, but if they can, I think realistically, the Bills are a very good team. Like Josh Allen's a great player. And I think how fun it would be to see those two teams face off and it's just Mahomes versus Allen the whole time. And it's like, I think it'd be a great matchup. um, Mm -hmm. But I think either result wouldn't surprise any of us. All right. Well, let's flip over to the NFC because I think you guys kind of got that covered. Three spots up for grabs, technically. Um, the NFC East division title is still up for grabs and three teams who are currently sitting at six and nine or worse are are possibly going to win that division. And there's also one wild card spot available between three teams, the Rams, the Bears, and the Cardinals all could cover those two spots. Technically. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, there's some interesting matchups in the final week. Obviously, the Rams and the Cardinals play each other. So if the Cardinals win that game, the Rams are out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, that also includes if the Bears lose. So the Bears oh, have to lose. Time. Yeah, the Bears have to lose and the Cardinals have to win for the Bears to be out. Mm-hmm. But any other variation of the records and the Bears are in. So, but the, the fun matchups have to come into the NFC East. And Washington plays Philly while the Cowboys play the Giants. Washington currently has the front running of this division because of head to head matchups. 
Are they going to be the winners, Irfan? Um, my <laughs> gut says no. Like, okay, my gut says no, but um, I think they might only because I don't know what the Cowboys can do. Like, they're like you. I'm looking at their streak right now, and that's why I'm kind of like hesitant on it. Like, the Cowboys have won three in a row, but the Washington Football Club has lost two in a row. So that's um a bit of an issue, but then you look at what the Eagles have done and the Eagles haven't played well um, down the stretch either. So um, I think the Cowboys are going to go through guys. I can't believe I'm doing this, but I think the Cowboys are going to go through. I think they're going to stay hot. Uh, and I think Washington's going to struggle against the Eagles. Okay. Let's put into perspective though, before we, before we jump the Cowboys three last three games, they've played the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. The San Francisco 49ers and the aforementioned not doing well, Philadelphia Eagles. So they're not, it's not like they're playing good teams either. And now they're playing no. the Giants who, you know, aren't a good team. That's, that's why I'm following the track here. They're, they've played four ugh, teams and they're ugh, themselves. So, I mean, doing the math here, I don't know. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, Kyle, what are your thoughts on this uh, mess of a division? It's Washington, hands down. Um, and, and there's one simple reason is that the Eagles are missing nine starters for this game. Yeah, that'll hurt. Um, Miles Sanders is out. Fletcher Cox is out. Dallas Goddard's out. Derek Barnett is out. Deshaun Jackson's out. Richard Rogers is out. Jordan Maialata is out. So they're missing starting running back, starting defensive tackle, two starting tight ends, uh, starting defensive end, and a starting left tackle. So um, the fact that they were all ruled out yesterday – says something about that team and the fact that Eagle, the Eagles are basically just saying, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll play next year. We'll concede. We're, we're yeah. going to concede this week. Um, and, and basically Washington has something to play for. The Eagles don't. And I think that's why I think Washington will win this game. And if Washington just has to win this game, they don't care about what Dallas does. Yeah. The Dal- Dallas will probably have their hands full with the Giants. Cause I think the Giants will want to stick it to the Dallas Cowboys one more time. Well, the, the um, Giants still have the potential to win the division if, if everything falls the right way. They need to beat Dallas, and they need to hope Washington loses. So they have something to play for. Exactly. And then that's why I, I, Eagles don't have something to play for. Giants do. That's why I think that one's going to be a lot closer of a game, potentially come down to a, maybe a last-second field Jaylen goal, Hurt. touchdown, whatever it may Philly, be. Philly-Philly special? No, no, no. The Cowboys-Giants game is going to come down to like a last-second field goal or touchdown. The Washington-Eagles game, the Eagles are going to have their hand full, hands full with Washington defense in general. Jalen Hurts is not going to have the, the opportunity to pass the ball as much as he should. And there's a good chance that, you know, he may not be able to scramble as much as he has been recently. Like he's obviously one of those quarterbacks where it's, if he doesn't see his first option. He's not throwing the ball away. He's tucking it and running it. So, and now Washington front is dangerous. They are for sure. The, the question though becomes the injury report for Washington isn't looking very good either. Mm-hmm. Alex Smith, questionable to play. Terry McLaurin, questionable to play. Um, Antonio Gibson is questionable to play. Is, uh, actually, hold on. I think he might be out. Let me just reread that. No, he is he is questionable to play as well. So that's three big weapons on their offense that they've kind of relied on this year. Mm-hmm. And if if Smith doesn't go, Taylor Heineke is the quarterback for the Washington football team. Taylor Heineke looked great last game for a while. He did. <laughs> he did, but 
that's no, coming they, in in relief, right? But, like, but they said they said Alex Smith is going to play. So, okay. but he, yeah, he's that. listed as questionable on the injury report. So, yeah, like all, all three of those are listed because they're not they're not practicing. They're not going to take any chance of them getting injured for a, basically a do or die game. Yeah, Gibson's basically in. He played last week. He's on the report just because he's they're not letting him practice this week. And realistically, if you're not practicing week 17, it's majority of the time just rest and try and you know heal up. So Fair scary, enough. scary Terry could be an issue potentially if he d- doesn't play because he didn't play last week. So there's a chance that maybe he is a little more injured than I thought. But as long as Alex Smith is there and they have the opportunity to throw the ball a little bit more than they have been with Dwayne Haskins, I think they should be fine. Yeah, as long as Alex Smith is there, I think you're right. And I think Washington wins the wins the division. If he's not there, that throws a giant monkey wrench in. And mm-hmm. you know what? Just because the Cowboys have been riding so high, I feel like the Giants are going to beat them by surprise. And the Giants will win the division if that's the case which would be awful for everyone involved. They're probably the worst team I would want to see. Like Washington. <laughs> be the last team out of the well, three. Yeah. Like Washington's defense can hold their own and would be interesting to see in the playoffs, especially if Alex Smith can, can lead that team. It'd be a great comeback story for sure. Yeah. Um, and if, if the Cowboys get in there, then it's the, see the red rocket in the playoffs and see what he can do in there. So. Yep. And, and I mean, it's, it's a story, but I, I still wouldn't want to watch it at all. No. Um, let's just quickly look at the rest of the NFC uh, Packers sitting at number one they've already clinched um, their division the Saints have clinched their division and the Seahawks have clinched their division as well mm-hmm. the Buccaneers are sitting in fifth they've already clinched um, so that means they will pro- they will be playing the C- uh, they will be playing the winner of the NFC East they have not clinched by the way the, the Buccaneers no, if well, they've clinched playoffs, they've they clinched playoffs. Clinched, yeah, they haven't clinched number five seed though. Yeah, I'm saying right now they're four. sitting at number five, so they would yeah. play the NFC East division yeah. winner. Um, and they're playing the Falcons, so I, I have confidence that they will probably win that game. But you know, who knows? Who knows? And then as I, we already mentioned, the Rams, the Bears, and the Cardinals fighting for the last few spots. Um, team that you're scared of in the NFC right now, Irfan? Bears. I think it's the Bears. I like them this year. I mean, they're eight. They're eight and seven, right? Um, I'd be afraid of them. I like them. I, I've seen a few games. I've seen some highlights. I I really like how they're doing. Um, but this year has been weird. Uh, I think every team that I've been like, yeah, they're gonna be great. No. So, um, I'm gonna say Bears because I do like them. Um, we'll see how that happens. Kyle. Yeah. Honestly, the same. Same with the Bears. Um. Bears and probably Washington that is my biggest underdog. I think yes, they they could end up with a seven and nine record, um, but I think they're a lot better team than a seven and nine record right now. I think if they had some solid, uh, you know, some solid quarterback play to start the year, and, and came together a little bit more as a team to start, I think they'd be. You'd be talking about maybe like a nine and seven team instead of a seven yeah. and a nine team, an above so. five hundred team making the playoffs. Go figure. Exactly. So <laughs> I, I think I think obviously if Alex Smith got like it was healthy earlier obviously with the whole situation and it is what it is but um i think that would have made that team a lot better and, and the bears have been probably the hottest team in the nfl right now purely based on their offense picking up trubisky's starting to figure out what he can do how he plays properly not trying to force anything and their defense has become the elite monster that we thought they were going to be because of the pieces they have there 
they, they've stepped up and they, they've done what they need to do. Biggest problem for the Bears is they're going up against the Packers who still have something to play for. That's the yeah. problem. So the, the NFC is going to be very interesting because there's going to be a lot of scoreboard watching and that's going to be a definitely interesting scenarios. If, if the Packers see that the Saints and Seahawks are losing or, or are close, Packers may rest people, which may give the Bears a chance to potentially win that game. So it's going to be huge opportunities for, for all these teams to, to get into the playoffs. The other side of that is if the Packers see the Cardinals winning, they might go harder to make sure that the Bears are not in because they don't want to play the Bears first round. Let's mm. be honest. The Packers do not like playing the Bears because the Bears always come to play against the Packers. Yeah, the Packers wouldn't have to worry about the Bears until round two. Then that's, that's that wouldn't be a problem. No, they I know. Would, they, would get the buy they don't. They just they just don't want to have them in the playoffs. Like if they can knock the Bears out of the playoffs, the Packers will do everything in their power to knock the Bears out of the playoffs. You would think, yeah. <laughs> but the Bears will show up. I think my scary team is actually the Rams, and the only reason I say that is because I think that defense in the playoffs could be a problem. They have uh, obviously we know the big man up the middle and Aaron Donald, but like you look at the rest of that defense, they're they're pretty good. One of the fewest points against in the league. I wouldn't want to be going up against a stout defense in the playoffs in a one game winner take all scenario. That's never that, that never really spells good for offensive teams. So um, a team like the Saints, who when they don't have the ball, their defense can be problematic. That's not really what you want to be seeing in the playoffs. Maybe even the Bucks, same sort of thing. So I think the Rams are my scary team if they get in. Yeah, I think I think the only problem with that is where are the points going to come from. I agree, but I mean, if you're holding teams to 14 points, all you need is two touchdowns to keep it close. So who's going to who's going to throw the ball? Because Jerry Goff's got a broken thumb. I don't trust him throwing the ball anymore. And who's going to run the ball? Daryl Henderson's on. That's fair. I, I get what you're IR. saying. I get what you're saying. But if you yeah. have if you have a good enough defense, sometimes you can get away with. No, hundred percent. They have the they have the best defense. They have yeah. the best defense in the NFL. It's just it, at a certain point, it comes down to where do the points come from, and that's, it, that's maybe good. maybe it's not defense making points. Maybe that's what it is, but it's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be something. Something's got to step up, right? It's the biggest. That would that would have been my biggest question for the Bears going into the playoffs too, if their offense wasn't as hot as they are right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one last NFL thing I want to talk about before we go is the Dwayne Haskins. Uh, saga that's been happening this year absolute mess to be honest he was released this past week by Washington after not even getting through two full years of being a first round pick which is kind of crazy um, what happens with Dwayne Haskins is, is he going to get another chance in the NFL and if so like what does he have to do to prove that he earned it Kyle um, that he's willing to actually learn how to play football. Um, it's basically what the biggest thing is. Basically, all, all the reports have said that um, he just doesn't learn. He, he when he, when Case Keenum was there and he was the starter when he first was drafted, he didn't go learn from the quarterback. He just sat on the, sat on the bench and waited for his turn in Washington. And obviously, we all know how that went. You know, throwing like. Last game, I think he threw for like 100 yards and three picks or something like that in his final game. So, um, it, it's – he's going to be an interesting one because it's all going to come down to character. Does he have the talent? Yes, but I don't know if that talent is going to outshine what his character has said. If, if he was a, a potential superstar, 
Sure, but I don't think he's a, a, a potential superstar. I think he's going to be like a good quarterback in the NFL if, if he can get everything right. I don't think it's going to be great by any means because I don't think he, it, it just doesn't add up. So um, I think he's going to be one of those guys where it's potential backup and, and it's going to be one of those, hey, if you get your shot, you got to prove yourself and, yeah. and it's going to come down to that. Um, There's <laughs> – can't remember who said it, but somebody said he's going to be the MVP of the XFL when it comes back, and that's just kind of how his quarterback career is going to go. So um, we'll see what that actually means. But That's fair. Erfan, what are your thoughts, man? I think he thought his one season at Ohio State would translate to him being the best of the best, um, and it clearly didn't. Like, he didn't come in. I think he thought he'd be hot and great, but it didn't happen for him. Um, and I think, you know, that mindset, like Kyle said, is – it needs to change. He needs to learn from the vets on the team. He got to listen to his coach. He has to make an active effort. And I don't think that we saw it in any of his play this year. You know, just because he threw 50 touchdowns in, in college doesn't mean he's going to throw 50 touchdowns right away in the NFL. Like it's a hugely different uh, playing field. So I think, um, I think he has a shot at coming back and doing well. But, you know, I give everyone that benefit for the doubt. But, you know, you have to still be able to to make the effort to play. Like you can't just sit on your ass and be like, I'm still very good. No, like you, you see everyone around you getting better. Like you, you compare yourself to Alex Smith on your team right there. And the guy went through what to get to where he is. Like yeah. if you can't put ener- energy or effort at that level, even, even 10% of it, like, are you really ready to be a quarterback? Are you really ready to lead a line? And, and Kyle said S- XFL might be where he ends up or he'll be a second or third string QB for a team that, you know, has QBs going out the door and he might get a chance eventually, but he needs to learn. Yeah, no, I think, I think you guys nail it on the head. He, uh, something's not there between the ears and that's probably the best way to say it. He's just not, he's not either committed to getting better or thinks that he's already better than everyone else. And that's, that is not the way to think as a, as a athlete no. at all. You need to always be trying to get better. So you got to put your college career behind you. Cause that's what got you there. Now you got to prove something else. That, that's pretty much it. That'll do it for our kickoff segment, boys. That was a long one, but we had a lot to get over, get into for the NFL. Um, our kickoff segment is sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. If you're looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. You can follow them on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy or visit their website at kickingacademy.com. We will be back after a short break to talk a little world junior action from the Edmonton bubble here on Garage Door Sports. Good day, everybody. This is Ryan from 20 Minutes on Ice. Join me and my co-host, Nick McVicker, for opinions and analysis on the week that was in the hockey world. New episode available every Friday, wherever you download your favorite podcasts from. 20 Minutes on Ice, part of the Garage Door Sports Network. We are back. Boys and the World Juniors are heading into the knockout round, and I mean everything kind of went the way people expected it in the opening round. Sweden lost a preliminary game for the first time in ever. It feels yeah. like fifty-four 14. straight games, fourteen years or something. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Fifty-four straight games uh, undefeated in the preliminary round, which is. Uh, honestly, it's incredible. Like that's, there's nothing else to say about that. Um, that, that loss came earlier this week, but 
the four teams from each division that made it in are pretty much who I thought was going to make it in. Maybe Switzerland kind of disappointed in Group A. Um, the Canadian team looks dominant, though, just as we kind of predicted. And not only was their game against Germany dominant, but they were playing a very, very injury-riddled and depleted Germany sc- squad. They did the exact same thing to the second-best team in the division in Finland just a couple days ago. Is this just going to be a walk for them the rest of the way? Like, they just look so composed right now. It's kind of crazy to think that, Aerophon. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think if you look at the play of every team so far, even in the other division on the other side, um, Canada's kind of just, with their injuries and their missing players and losing their captain and all, um, they're playing a good game. Um, and and it's really scary that they're they haven't it feels like they haven't hit another gear yet like you haven't seen Byfield take over a game significantly you haven't seen any other other big guys take over um, they're just like they've hit one button and 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 they're playing well and they're walking over teams but again when you're facing it in a division where well the other divisions the U S Sweden and Russia I mean that's that's the better group to be to be fair just because it, it it's going to be a little bit more competitive so. Um, I'm glad that they got their their plus goals there uh, walking over teams. But um, come playoffs or the next round, I think uh, if they can keep it up, I think they're the better best team there is right now. And I think we saw that the other division was stacked up to be the better division. But honestly, like the U.S., Russia, and Sweden didn't really like jump off the page. Like Russia lost to the Czechs, and the Czechs like dominated them that game. I'll give I'll give the Czech Republic credit, but. The Russians didn't look good at all. The Americans showed flashes of being good, but not for a full 60 minutes in any of their games. And Sweden, they lost a game for the first time in yeah. 14 years in the preliminary round. They haven't looked Back-to-back back games, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. But they, they haven't looked dominant either. So you're looking at that other division and be like, yeah, they might have been a more depth division, but are any of those teams better than Finland? No, not all not if you. You think all three of them are better than all Finland, three Kyle? Are better than Finland. Okay, but how much better than Finland? Because Canada handled Finland pretty easily, like a notch above. I, I would say it's a tier right now. It's Canada tier one, those three tier two, and Finland's in tier three. Okay. So what what do you think is going to happen in the uh, the knockout round then, Kyle? I think it's I, I think it's going to be a lot more interesting than than people think. I think, um, I think they'll take care of that Czech team. I don't think they're going to have a problem with that. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I think the Russians are probably the biggest threat. And I said that from the beginning, I think it's still true. Um, I think Sweden take care of Finland in the quarter, in the quarters. Um, I don't think that's really a problem. Um, and I think obviously the U S will probably slap Slovakia. No problem. Um, it's, it's, it's one of those, I think the U S team now that they've, now that Spencer Knight has figured out actually how to stop a puck. Um, they've kind of been perfectly fine as is. They have the scoring, they have all that. They took care of a very good Sweden team for nothing. Two of those goals were not really goals, so it's a lot closer of a game than people think. That's but, what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't know how good that Sweden team really is in comparison to the Swedish teams in the past. So, oh yeah, well, if we compare it to the Swedish teams in the past, sure. But if we compare the Finnish team to the Finnish teams in the past, it's also no. I agree. I'm close. I'm agreeing with that as well. Yeah. I'm not saying that's so. Um, to me. If Sweden doesn't give up those two, one from behind the net, one from the sideboards, 
in that in that game, it's a two nothing game, and it's a lot closer of a game yeah. um, than people think. So, I think, I think honestly, all the favorites should win the games. Um, and, and I don't see real. I obviously upset potential is really the only. I guess Finland would be the only team I could really think potentially upset. Watch out for that German team because now that they're, you have to remember they were not healthy the first two games. After that, they've looked very, very good. They've had everyone's in the lineup and they're playing good hockey. I know they were playing against the weaker half of the division, but they looked really good in those games. And that top line with Stutzel has been dominant when on the ice. So if you're looking at that Russia Germany game, be prepared for goals, first of all, from both sides. And don't be surprised if the Germans push the Russians throughout that game and maybe Pippa win. Yeah, yeah. The, the biggest thing for for me is Jury doesn't have a goal you can stop a puck. I agree, but like, if they're if they're scoring four goals a game, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but it, they have they haven't gone up against you know Askarov. That's the biggest thing. No, I know. So so I think to me, as long as the Russians don't take penalties or not a lot of penalties, Germany doesn't have a shot because Germany doesn't score five on five. They are scoring everything they have on the power play. Right? It, it's Stutzel walks in and he has all the time in the world or all the space in the world because there's one less player on the ice. And, it, and it's been, it's either that or it's turnovers. And, and it's only one of those, as long as a Russia plays their game, yes, it could be interesting potentially, but I don't think Germany's a real threat. That's fair. Um, Irfan, I think you had something to say before I cut you oh, I was going to say, I think if Germany does come up with an upset, they have to mimic the game the Czechs played against Russia. Yeah. Uh, just contain the Russians, make them play back, make them make mistakes, just force them into things. And I think Germany and, and Switzerland in the past have been two teams that are good at doing that is forcing mistakes on bigger teams because it take them uh, a little bit too easy. And I mean, that Canada game wasn't indicative of um, past German teams like i don't think that was a fair result considering they weren't healthy so um see like i think nick's right in the sense that the germans are going to push the russians uh i think russia will win that game but um if they can mimic that game against the czechs i, I think it'll be a fun 5-4 game or something or 4-3 game yeah. which will be exciting because i think we need something like that yeah. i'm just looking at it like hey you know what don't don't discount the german team is more what i'm saying no for sure they're mm-hmm. finally you know together as opposed to 14 players trying to outplay Team Canada and Finland in their first two games. That was awful. But they still almost did beat Finland. That's what I'm saying. Three. Like mm-hmm. imagine they imagine they actually had their full roster and they could play they could have played that Finland team in the in the first game properly. Like are we talking about Germany finishing second in this division? Probably. I mean they would have had a, a better a crazy, chance. Yeah. That's a crazy thought. Like, think about a lot of people last year had the Germans fighting for their top group lives. Mm-hmm. They could have possibly finished second in the division this year. <laughs> oh, well, no matter where Germany f- fits for this, it's going to screw up next year's tournament 100%. Why? Germany's not going to have players. <laughs> no, they're not going to have the superstars. Yeah, but their their system has gotten a lot better. So I think their system is ahead of Austria right now. So I they would they should still be in the in the top division over Austria. No, no, I don't mean that. I mean the fact that they make the quarterfinals. And if they upset somebody, then they could end up being like a five seed, That's which true. will throw off the divisions. And like mm-hmm. Russia ends up being a six seed, and it's like okay, well now all divisions next year are all screwed you mean up. Force Germany, whatever, it may, whatever it may be. four and Russia five. Yeah, whatever yeah. it may be. Like yeah. it's like one of those like it will mess it up, yeah. Germany coming in like a top 
for power is like, oh, oh my god, like what the hell just happened? <laughs> the program that would be entertaining, though. That would be entertaining because yeah. that's a that's a potential for, let's say Canada wins. It would be Canada, Germany, Russia, and then whoever loses between uh, Sweden, Finland could be uh, in that division as well. So that's what I'm saying. It's going to throw things off for sure. That's fun. <laughs> That'll be fun. Um, so I think I think we all are agreeing still that this this Canadian team is uh, probably is the hands down favorite at the moment to. Uh, it's, the it's theirs to lose. Theirs to yeah. lose. Um, can we get a comment on the Canada jerseys, the red ones? Do you guys like them? Yep. Yeah, I'm for it. Okay. Look, I like any Canadian jersey. Let's favorite. be real. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not a big fan of this version of the red ones just because it looks sort of cartoonish based off of the old Canada jersey that they were trying to mimic. I don't know what it is. It just it it looks cartoonish to me for some reason. So it's not my favorite, but it's not a bad jersey. I will say that. Hey, we um, know the Canadians are on the ice when they wear it. So yeah, that's that, that is for sure. Let's quickly pivot to the NHL, and we're going to do a full NHL preview next week, boys. But I want to get your thoughts on two teams. One, your biggest surprise that will do well in the season, so a team that some people are picking to do bad but you think will do well. And another, a big surprise who will not do well, a team that everyone thinks will do well but won't. Uh, Kyle, I'm going to start with you. Uh, Give me your team that you think will do well that most people don't think will. God, I wish I had some time to actually think about this right now. Um, Sorry, would you like me to go to Irfan? No, that's fine. Um, team that I think will do well that I don't think a lot of teams, uh, a lot of people are high on right now, the Rangers. I think the Rangers are going to do yeah. a lot better than people think they than people think they are. Um, obviously, you look at that division, and it's going to be tough. Trust me, adding Boston to that division is going to make it a very difficult division. Um, but I still think the Rangers are going to take leaps and bounds uh, of where they were. Um, as long as uh, their goaltending holds up, I, I don't think they're going to have a problem with that. Um, team that are that people are high on that I don't think are going to do as well. Um, probably the Calgary Flames, to be honest. Um, I think they're going to have a little bit of a letdown. I don't think Markstrom's going to go be in and become their savior in net. I, I don't see him. Yes, he had a strong year in Vancouver last year, but I don't see him doing that same in Calgary right now. They lost two big pieces of their defense, obviously losing Brody and losing Hamannick, um as well in, in that top six. Uh, don't really help kind of keep the pucks out of the net. And we don't know what we're going to get out of, out of Johnny uh, Johnny Hockey yet, right? Obviously, yeah. eventually him getting being jettisoned out of Calgary and all, all the rumors and stuff like that that have happened with him. Who knows? I think there's going to be a lot of controversy around them. And going up against a Canadian division that is probably stronger than the teams they were playing last year um, could play a factor as well, right? Obviously, going up against Edmonton, Toronto, uh, honestly, Ottawa is going to be a lot better than they were this than they were last year. Um, how how high they fit, I don't know. It depends how tough they play teams. But Montreal is going to be a lot better, so it's they're in more tough to actually make the playoffs this year. That's fair. We're fun. We'll go over to you now, man. Um, I mean, I echo what Kyle said. They were two teams that I was looking at as well, but I think I'll go I'll go this the Habs. I think 
the Habs are going to be much better. I think they got grittier, they got heavier. Um, and if they can build off what they did last year with a subpart team, I think in a Canadian division and kind of bully teams around, especially if the Flames go the other way, um, I think the Habs will be a team that that really shocks some people. And having Klaus Julien as a coach who knows how to get into playoffs and play in the playoffs is, is a huge upside. And if Carey Price is Carey Price, I mean, it's really hard to argue how far the Habs can go. Um, I think the team that everyone that made the playoffs last year, and I don't think they'll be very good this year, is the National Predators. Um, I, I don't know where they're trending. I think Pekka Rene is at an age where either he's done or he might just steal a season. We don't know. Um, but the Preds weren't convincing last year. Their power play hasn't been good the last three years. Um, I think they could be better, but um, I think they trend the other way as well. There's also a good chance he's not the starter this season. He's not right now. No, Saros but I'm just saying, like, if, if Saros you know, falls flat, they go to Rene, and Rene can't do shit. So um, I think they need to fix their power play, and I think that's something um, a lot of teams need to do. But if the Preds want to be competitive in the West when I think Vancouver's gotten better, I think the Jets are going to piss some teams off. I think the Hawks are going to play some good hockey because, like, they have nothing to lose. So um, you look at the Preds, and they just have to be better. Oh, but they can go to Casimir Casasuo. <laughs> he had to think about that for a second. I always say Casacuco. I don't even know how the hell it's his last name. So <laughs> he's, uh, he's combining Kako and uh, another keeper. Casasuo. Um, my team that I think will surprise in a good way is the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, that defensive core is solid one through six. There's not really a weak spot. Like their worst defenseman is Jake Gardner. If that's your number six defenseman, that means you're pretty good one through six. Like, let's be honest. Jake Gardner is not the worst defenseman in the league. I'm not saying he's the best defenseman in the league. No. But he's, he's average to he can move the puck. average at best. Look, right? He can move the puck and a lot of defensemen can't. So you're good. Exactly. Right. So if he's, the, if he's your worst defenseman, that says a lot about your team. They have scoring up front with Aho, Tara Vinen. Um, you know they're going to put the puck in the net. The biggest question will be goaltending, and that's fine. But if you look at their division, they're going to be able to beat up on some teams that are not very good in Detroit and Chicago consistently. Uh, you throw Nashville, you just mentioned them, Irfan as a team that's going to do bad. They're also in that division as well. And the Florida Panthers, who... I, I don't know what to expect from Florida. So that's four teams where you get to play them. What is it? Seven times each or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you take that or eight times each. You take that every time and you're going to, you're going to have a pretty decent season. I think they could also surprise Columbus and possibly move into third in the division. But I, I do think Columbus ends up getting third, but Carolina watch them this year. And my team that's going the wrong way. I hate to say it. I actually think it's Pittsburgh. Hmm. And like, I know they still have the firepower and everything and they have the names up front. I just don't see a whole lot of growth from this Pittsburgh Penguins team. And outside of the top lines, the top two lines with Crosby, Malkin and Gensel, there's not a whole lot of scoring to be had there. The defense is aging and, it's not very good either. Like Latang is still a good defenseman, but they just signed Cody Cece, who looks like he's probably going to be playing second line minutes. Like that—that's a question mark in and of itself. 
And then you also have Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith, who will be manning the crease for the first time mm. full-time. You don't really know what to expect from that. So I think Pittsburgh, especially in that division, like you got, you mentioned it, Kyle, when you were talking about the Rangers, that's a tough division. They could struggle mightily this year. Um, what do general managers see in Cody CC? I, I, it well, listen, Cody CC is a fine third line defenseman. Like, yeah, but I'm like fine with him the being way, a third line. But the way he's been touted, even when he was with the Senators, was he was a top four, top two defenseman. Well, and it's because I, coming I, out, he was supposed to be a top two. Right, defenseman. but like the last couple of years, I just look at him and go, I don't know if you, I don't know. Like I think he's rated higher than a lot of teams yeah. would want him. I mean, like the Leafs took him over Jake Gardner for the, similar or less money, and I'm like. That made no sense to me, but I, I don't I don't see what the GM seen him like. I don't know what Pittsburgh sees. Is he like a low risk? Uh, but do you want to know? Do you want to know what Pittsburgh sees in him? Tell they me. have they have Michael Matheson, Brian Dumoulin, Marcus Peterson, Yuso Ricola, John Marino, and Chad Run Runwoodell. That's that's what they see in him. They that's what they see on some of them, <laughs> most of them. But still, I don't I don't know. Like, like Cody CC will be the fifth defenseman on this team. Um, Chris Letang, obviously, number one. Mike yeah. Matheson, number two. Uh, you could honestly argue Pedersen's number three or number three or number two, potentially. Um, and then Dublin's number four. So that's like, to me, that's that's not a bad top four because um, Pedersen is extremely underrated. Um, but saying that, it all comes down to price tag. The fact that they got Cody CC at a $1.25 million. Yeah. Um, I think is the biggest thing for Pittsburgh here. If, if you're paying your, your third pairing that money, you're fine, I think. Mm. Um, it, but it all comes down to uh, to, to how he bounces back. And I, I think, honestly, not going up against top lines, I think his underlying numbers will probably say that he wasn't as bad as he was because the Leafs were playing him in a top four role. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I agree with that, but I, I just saying, like, as Pittsburgh as a whole, I'm not. Well, any organization that trades a top prospect and a first round pick for Casper Kapanen deserves to be the bottom of the standings. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then, with that, <laughs> we're going to take another break here. We'll take a look at the NBA season so far right after this. We are back, boys. One segment left. Let's get into the NBA. And we're now in week three. Every team has played, I think, at least five games. No, no, a couple teams have played two or three. But, oh, because Rockets missed a game, right? Forgot about that. But every team has had a few games into the season, and the, the, the conferences are looking exactly like we thought, right? Sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not sure. a chance. Um, Philly is tied with Orlando and Indiana at the top of the East and the Phoenix Suns are five and one leading at the West. Kyle, what has been your biggest surprise so far in the NBA season? Uh, uh, that, that betting NBA sucks. Um, (laughs) I said surprise, not logic. Oh, it is surprise because last year, (laughs) last year, the NBA was a moneymaker, but this year it's just been all the top teams aren't the top teams anymore. And it's just like, 
anybody can win on any given night. And it's great for the NBA because it makes a lot more competition, but for a better, it sucks. It's awful. <laughs> um, Golden State has been a disappointment for me. Um, I thought that I thought they were going to bounce back, obviously from injuries and stuff, but um, they're still missing a few people. They got uh, Draymond Green back last night, but they just don't look good. So um, to me, the Suns aren't a huge surprise because I, I I realized with them adding Paul made that team that much better. Um, they had the one-two punch with with Booker and Aiden, but now adding Chris Paul in there and and basically giving him a, a third option um, makes that team that much better. And it just they, they they play as a better unit than other teams. Like though that that's that was a team that had a unit that played well going into the bubble last year. Missed out on the playoffs, unfortunately, but still played as a team. And adding Chris Paul, I think he meshed perfectly there. Um, Probably the biggest disappointment is probably the Nuggets so far. Um, A one in four start with Jokic and and all those expectations behind that team um, is disappointing. Um, Everybody thought they were going to be a top three, four team in in the West. And right now they're looking like, that's not even close to the case. So okay. that's probably my biggest disappointment. Fair enough. Uh, Irfan, what have, what has surprised you? Um, I think the magic playing well, it's been a little bit surprising. Cause I mean, they had the pieces a couple years ago, but um, they kind of fell off last year. We didn't know what they would be, but coming in four and one, that's a good start for them. And I think if they can ride it, um, they can be a top eight team in the East. Uh, another surprise I think is, you're looking at the West. I mean, the West is so jumbled up. Like we thought the West would be more concrete because it's the stronger division, but we have like eight really good teams. Um, that that seems to have been thrown out the window because everyone's like, we're not going to follow the script from the last couple of years. We're just going to do something different. And um, I mean, we knew the Suns would be better. We didn't know how much better, but uh, Paul made them a team that has a point guard that can shoot, that can distribute, that can... I think bring up the younger talent. So that that's fine over there. But I mean, uh, you, you mentioned it there, the Rockets are 13th because there's no cohesiveness on that team. And so I'm not that surprised about it, but I think the Nuggets being one in one in four has been a little bit surprising, but I mean, their difference is a negative three. So it's not like they're, they're getting out played every match. They're just not getting the last bucket, which I think will turn around. And I think um, that team is going to be fine. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right with uh, with that. I think the Suns are much better than we thought they were going to be. We thought they were going to be good, maybe not this good necessarily, but they are they are much better than we thought they were going to be. The big surprise for me is that playoff teams from last year are not necessarily playing well. Four out of the eight playoff teams in the Western Conference are sitting at the bottom of the division right now with the Nuggets, the Thunder, the Rockets, and then the Mavericks are sitting in 10th. And two playoff teams from the East that we thought were still going to be decently good are out right now in the Raptors and the Heat. Mm-hmm. That one, I think, is the biggest surprise to me out of teams that made the playoffs last year is the Miami Heat are not playing very good basketball at the moment. They're sitting at two and three. Jimmy Butler had probably his worst game as a member of the Heat this week, going 0 for 5 from the field or something. And just looking awful. Mm-hmm. And they need to obviously figure out something. They, they have a game against 
the Oklahoma City Thunder coming up, which might help them figure a couple things out because the Thunder are not very good this year. And I don't really expect them to be very good this year, mm-hmm. uh, which is fine. Like they're allowed to take a step back. They've moved on from a lot of their good, their top players over the last few years. And they're trying mm-hmm. to usher in a younger team. So maybe the Heat can figure out something there and get things sorted, but they, they got to get it figured out soon. The Raptors also need to get it figured out soon because one and three is not where they should be at the no. moment. Let's be honest. Well, the Raptors need to fix their net rating. Uh, that first quarter, they start off so well. It was like a thing like plus 25. And then as the game goes on, they're like negative something. So um, that's something that the Raptors need to fix. But it also sucks the fact that they don't have two really good big men in Ibaka or Gasol that really made up that difference later on to help with the scoring and really pick up the rebounds. Like Kyle Lowry was leading your team in rebounds the other night. And you're like, that shouldn't be the case. Like it should be Chris Boucher. It should be another big man, but I don't think they have that. And until they figure it out and maybe they'll have to play small ball for a little bit longer, but they'll have to figure out how they're going to pick up those rebounds. Cause if they're going to get out played on the boards, it's going to, it's going to stay this way. And it's, it's unfortunate for a team that was the champion two years ago. Absolutely. I, th- I think Aaron Baines is fine as a center, to be honest. Yeah. I think he, I think he just has to come into his own. The biggest yeah. problem with the Raptors is they're getting, they're asking Baines to get too many goddamn rebounds because they can't hit a shot. Like like yep. they're, they're, <laughs> they're they're shooting forty one percent, which is literally second last in the league. And it's one of those like like literally watching these games, they're atrocious to watch. Like without Lowry on the court, the Raptors are like a bottom feeder team. They're off, literally a bottom feeder team. Mm-hmm. Siakam has been an absolute bust so far this year, and. We're not even going to get into what his whole antics were with getting tossed out of the game, but um, it's just Freddie. Now that he's got paid, doesn't look like he can hit a shot anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, and an OG has been okay. Like he's been the Raptors' best player, which is insane. Oh no, Lowry's been the best player by far. By the way. Um, Oh, she's been their best defender, which is sure. But yeah. but the biggest thing, the biggest reason that he got paid this year, is because they expect him to take a, a steps forward in the offensive game. And I've seen him take probably fifteen open three corners, and I'm pretty sure he's hit two of them. Yeah, and it's just like it, it's maybe it's just they're trying to find their groove, and and I understand that. But they deserve to be where they are right now. They're yeah, not. They, no, they do. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not denying that at any. Any no. I, I, honestly, at this point, if they keep playing as they as they are, they they will struggle to make the playoffs right now. They will. Um, I um, mean, they gave the Knicks the entire three the other night, um, and the Knicks hit like three out of forty something shot, whatever it was. It was like a ridiculous stat. They were three for twenty five at one point. So, like, imagine if they gave it to a team that can actually hit a three. Oh, like they, it, yeah. they're done. Like it, they, it, they wanted it, to play the outside. Like it, it just didn't seem like the the Raptors are going to compete the last five games like it just doesn't seem like i think there's something missing like we're missing a piece or two that really gets us over the bump and if we do make the playoffs i think it's like a seventh or eighth compared to what we said earlier which would be like a top four it might be a bottom four finish which yeah there's still playoffs but they're they're second last in the league in field goal percentage right now the only team shooting worse than them is golden state yeah who outside of steph literally has what james wiseman yeah, and he, he just dunks the ball. <laughs> he just dunks. He's not missing many shots. <laughs> so outside of those two, who do they really have to shoot the ball? So, yeah, um, yeah, the Raps need to figure something out and figure something out quick. 
um, if they continue to struggle, what moves does uh, Nick Nurse and the the uh, staff need to do, Irfan? Uh, in terms of trades or player personnel, uh, player personnel like, trades. What what do they need to do? Um, I think I think they need to bring someone in. Like I don't know who who's gonna fit in the role. Like if like what they expect out of Pascal Siakam hasn't happened uh, since the bubble last year, correct? So whatever they're expecting out of Pascal, that's what they're gonna have to go out and find somebody who can play the board that can pick up your rebounds, that can take shots from any any part of the the court. Like I think they need someone who can maybe be a power forward or or maybe a, a a shooting guard just to help Kyle out and uh and and I think Fred needs to find his game. I, I think if Kyle and Fred are firing at the same time, I, I don't think they're as bad as they are right now. Um uh, but I think the question is, and I'll pose it to both of you here is is Kyle Lowry a trade piece if the Raptors continue to stay at the bottom? Like there's so many teams that can pick up a, a very good point guard. And I'm and I'm and I'm talking about the magic here. I can talk about the Hawks here and I and even the Celtics could probably use someone who can move the ball over to Tatum and Brown. So like is he a trade piece? Yes. 100%. Absolutely. You just yeah. signed Fred to a to a contract, right? So he he's in the fold for a while. You, if Lowry becomes an automatic trade piece as soon as the team struggles, mm-hmm. which is sad to say because I don't think any any Raptors fan wants to see him go, but he's a trade piece. Yeah, and honestly, he'd be a great if he keeps playing the way he is. He's a fantastic trade piece that that the Raptors can get probably a haul for realistically. Oh yeah. Um, if he keeps playing the way he is, if he takes a dip, then it's a whole different question on on what we can get, but. Um, the biggest thing is like teams that really need a point guard. Um, I don't know if the Hawks need one cause they have Trey young running the point right now sure. and, and, and that kind of stuff. But Orlando, I could see being one. Uh, I could honestly, Indian, Indiana, uh, Indiana at four and one, I could see potentially needing a point guard as well. That would keep um, Victor Oladipo on the team longer than he wants to be as well. If they can swing a deal for Kyle, for sure. Um, and then honestly, I look at the Sixers, right? Uh, the, the that's that's Lowry's home is Philadelphia, and and potentially, I don't think Ben Simmons is a point guard. I really don't, and and I think honestly, He's a power if, forward playing point guard. And that's the thing is like honestly, if you truly want to maximize your roster, I think if you throw, uh, if you you throw Lowry in there, I think that makes that team so much better because you could also, you could also take Danny Green out of your lineup, who has been absolutely dog water um to take a to take a dog water he said take a term from matt it, it's just he's been terrible he, yep. he's dan green has fallen off the face of the earth since coming to the raptors yep and and it's one of those i think if, if you could potentially put lowry there and, and swing a trade for somebody i don't know what it would be but if somebody it maybe <laughs> oh, this is obviously way out of proportion but if they're not high on simmons maybe simmons goes back the other way potentially mm. right but it all depends on, on on what they can get, but it's to me he could be a huge trade piece. Yep. What about the Clippers? Well, there was, there was a, there was a rumor potentially he was going to go to the Clippers in the offseason, so yeah. they're definitely an option for sure. Yeah. Just just another team that I'm thinking could use a like top point guard because right now Patrick Beverly is there, and like Bev is fine, but. I'd take Lowry over Patrick Beverly. True. And I think for the Clippers, if they can make a move for, let's say, Kyle, then you're looking at the players that don't get along with Kawhi going the other way to to 
bring in players he wants. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. it would be a win-win for everybody, and then Kawhi gets what he wants again. Yeah, to be honest, you can you could argue Ibaka uh, for a Cat Lowry. No, I'm saying you, you could argue <laughs> the back. You could argue the Lakers need a, a point guard as well. Dennis Schroeder has been good. Dennis Schroeder's played very well this year. But if you're talking playoffs, I like Lowry's defense and the way he can facilitate the ball. Yeah. But but then again, that that's basically LeBron's thing. So like yeah. they're, an, they're an outside one, but um, yeah, no, they want to get younger, I think. So I think Dennis doesn't go anywhere. But I thought Jazz could be another the potential jazz landing be, spot. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Conley's held his own, but yeah. no, I know, but like I'm saying, potential landing spot, not <laughs> regardless. Now he's gonna head over to Golden State and play with Steph, uh, Steph Curry. That's the plan. Yeah. That's the real yeah, plan to go from a last place team to another last place. Yeah, team. Yeah, of course. <laughs> he, he he could go to Boston because Boston is struggling with Kemba yeah. Walker being out right now. Yeah, yeah, that's why um, I mentioned them. Yeah, and who knows what Kemba comes back as? But we'll absolutely. See. All right, boys, let's wrap this show up. I think we've done enough. Um, let's get to our final thoughts. And I'm going to change the final thoughts a little bit for today. Mm-hmm. We're going into a new year. Give me your one thing you are hoping for from sport this year. Whole 365 days. What are you looking forward to or what are you hoping for from sports this year? One thing. I'll give you a second to think about it as you both look away from the screen. <laughs> Just... Like mine is, I'm hoping we, by the end of 2021, the term bubble and quarantine are not related to sport anymore. That is my biggest hope for 2021, just because as much as it's been entertaining to watch the uh, leaders of all the sports try to figure out how to put sports on in a quarantine and in a pandemic, and they've done a very admirable job for the most part, a couple hiccups here and there, but they've done pretty good. I would like to get rid of the term bubble. (laughs) <laughs> from from the sports vocabulary i'm really tired of it that's that's about where i'm at right now um either of you have one yet or yeah i got one all right or fun go for it um i want to see more of women's sports i really do i think um some sort of deal like we just saw the nbc pick up uh shoot i forget what league now i think they picked up the nwhl or something like that or yeah they picked up pick- the, they picked up uh the playoffs for the nw exactly so i mean I want to see more of that. We saw what the WNBA did during the bubble. Uh, I know you don't like the word uh, Nick there, but like it I was... don't, I don't mind the word. I just, I don't want it to be related to sport anymore. I want people to be able to go watch their team play. <laughs> I think more mainstream uh, viewing for women's games uh, and more of women, um, you know, executives making the jump into bigger roles. Uh, Kim did a good job for the Marlins this year. I mean, uh, the Twitter account support women in sports is doing a fantastic job. I've mentioned them a few times on my uh, touchline thoughts there. So uh, a continued growth and a a bit more of that and less of the, you know, the assholes that really ruined the game for us. Absolutely. Very well said. All right, big boy, your turn. Um, Well, for 2021, I want the top players to keep playing. I want, um, I don't want the, the virus and stuff to affect the top players playing. I want the best possible games and best possible um, teams out on the field or on the pitch or on the ice or whatever it may be. Whatever they are. And if they are going to get injuries, I want them to be injury game related injuries. I don't want them to be out for weeks based on COVID. I, I know it's, I know it's a weird thing to say, but I think it sounded I think, really weird when you said it. Yeah, I, I, I think I think at this point it's one of those. I think we're all kind of sick and tired of of everything going wrong with with the world and sports. And I want a little bit of normality back. 
um, is really what it is. And I think that if the top players are playing and the games are competitive and, and everybody's happy, I think that's probably the best case scenario for sports overall uh, in 2021. So that's fair. That is a fair comment. Uh, speaking of that, how sad was it to hear the news of Henrik Lundqvist this week about having him having to undergo open heart surgery? Yeah. Like, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there something that the Rangers knew and we we didn't really hear about, or this is just something that's developed? Well, it sounded like he just found out about it a couple months ago. So, is is that is that something that's affected his game the last couple of years that that he's kind of taken a, a downturn? Maybe that's something that's that? you know, I'm, age I'm, also I'm, has played a factor. Let's let's not deny that. Like, sure, but but the way he plays, he's deep in his net. It should age. He doesn't move a whole hell of a lot compared mm-hmm. to other other goals no, and stuff like that. But it's just one of those like. Maybe his his cardio is not up there. Maybe he's just his body doesn't feel right on every given night. Who knows? Right. And, and honestly, I, I hope he gets healthy. And, and if he does come back, it's great. But if not, then he's had a great career. So. Also, how long before Mark Andre Fleury gets traded to Washington? Uh, never. To fill the to fill the Lundquist role. Unless Washington's shipping out eight million dollars to come well, back, there's not a chance. They um. <laughs> Well, they did cite like Craig Anderson as their new vet, so I don't know how that's going to last. I'm kidding. But... So, actually, question for you guys. Uh-oh. My, my, my dad had this statement. Would Uh-oh. you rather have Corey Schneider or Craig Anderson? Uh, um, Can I please Craig... and put a, put a player in that? <laughs> what Craig Anderson are we going to get? That's the question. That's Yeah. The one, I think the it's one, the question the one that's 39 one years old and has played for Ottawa the last God knows how many years. No, he wasn't. He was but he wasn't bad in a few of those <laughs> seasons in Ottawa. <laughs> he was better than Corey Sorry, Schneider. The, the, last, the last two or three seasons. I'll still take Craig Anderson. I don't know what happened to Corey Schneider. I really don't. Like that, that trade That trade screwed him over. He, he didn't play well against New Jersey. Not that New Jersey was any better. Um, but well, that's that's what my, my dad was saying purely based on uh, both being available on the market. Like He, he said he would have had a Corey Schneider as the backup who's still a little bit younger. And still has, I guess, some potential to like mm. be a goalie compared to Craig Anderson, who's thirty nine years old and has been not. He's been playing on a not great Ottawa team, so I don't know if those are underlying numbers, but it could also be the fact that you know age is getting into him too, right? That's so so true. Well, yeah, so but I mean, if you look if you look at his numbers, like he's had a better save percentage than Corey Schneider the last few years. He's He's played behind a very awful Ottawa Senators team. Let's let's not sugarcoat it. Whereas Corey Schneider was playing behind a defensive team in the Devils. I'm not saying the Devils are a good team. Let me let me make that very very clear. Mm-hmm. But they had a better defense than the Ottawa Senators, and he still looked awful. Right. And I think Anderson has also played more the last few years because of that. Like Corey Schneider has played fewer games the last couple of years, so you don't really know what to expect from him. And they're also looking for a backup, not someone to push Sorokin. Like, yeah. Sorokin's the – or, sorry, Samsonov, not Sorokin. Samsonov. Samsonov is the guy in Washington. Like, they, they want him to be the guy. They wanted a veteran guy like Lundqvist who was going to come in and be, like, the backup and be the leadership presence. I think you get more of that with Craig Anderson, as we've seen with some of the Ottawa guys over the last few years, um, than you would have gotten with Corey Schneider because he sure. really seemed to help in New Jersey when they were making that transition. Well, to be honest, Lundqvist was brought in to push Shamsonoff. That was the biggest thing. But he was to push him to be, to be the number one, not to push him to. That's why, that's why I don't think Anderson or Schneider would have pushed for that number one spot. I think the biggest thing is, is giving Samsonov saying, Hey, it's your, it's your job, but 
we have another option if you yeah. suck. Is, um, and that's yeah. why that's why I would take Anderson just right now because I think in a shorter spurt to like, hey, Samson off, you're not playing well. We're going to put this guy in for a little bit. I think Anderson's a better go. Schneider's going to be pissy and want to be in the game. Fair enough. Yeah. So that's my yeah. opinion. <laughs> um, Listen, that'll. Sorry, no, go ahead. Say, li- uh, sorry, buddy. I was gonna say, listen, they get big Zidane Chara in front of them, so it doesn't matter who's in goal. He's just gonna stop everything, anyways. Goalie's not gonna see the puck, anyways. So okay. He'll block it. Okay. Most ridiculous signing I've ever seen, by the way, in an NHL time since we've been around. It's it's Boston sucks shit for what they did. So it is what it is. Yeah, we signed Kevin Miller. Okay, for more. I don't, no, but the reason the reason why Char didn't go back is because they they weren't going to play him every game. Yeah, they, they said they were going to rest him on back to backs and like play him uh, lim- play him limited minutes. It's scummy. Like, right. It's scummy what they were. Doing. It, it is what it is. So, no, I'm just I'm saying it's the most ridiculous signing I've ever seen because like he doesn't even fit Washington's like what they're trying to do. They're trying to get younger, trying to get faster. He does not fit that mold at all. <laughs> Anyways, regardless, let's uh, let's wrap this one up, boys. It's the first show of 2021. We want to thank you all for listening. If you want to follow us each, you can follow us on Twitter at Nick McVicker to find myself, at Kyle Vardy to find Kyle, and at Irfan Manji to find Irfan. You can follow the network and this show at Garage Door Sport on Twitter, at Garage Door Sports on Instagram. Don't forget to check out the rest of our shows and the rest of our network at garagedoorsport.com. For everyone here, we thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. 